0: Welcome to Medical Minefield, where we talk about the ethical dilemmas at the heart of the health stories that matter the most. I'm Barney Kalman, health editor at the Mail on Sunday, and with me today is the Mail on Sunday's deputy health editor, Eve Simmons. Hello. And the Mail on Sunday's star health reporter, Joe McFarlane. Hello. <laughs> that was a slightly reluctant hello, Joe. <laughs> jo, the reason that Joe might not sound quite like herself is because Joe has become the story. She has COVID, or uh, have you recovered now, Joe?
1: Uh, largely, yes, yes, thank you. And back back to fighting fit.
0: Excellent, excellent. So, the big surprise is, and this is what we're talking about today, you've been double vaccinated. You, you and I are the same age. We were vaccinated within weeks of each other. I think you had the Pfizer, didn't you?
1: That's right, I did, yeah.
0: Uh, lo and behold, a couple of weeks back, you, you called, or I think it was 10 days ago, you called and said you'd come down with COVID.
1: Yes, after 18 months of writing about coronavirus for, uh, for the Mail on Sunday, um, I have finally got the infection myself. Actually, it's been sort of a bit of a busman's holiday to certain extent, um, but I wasn't expecting it to be quite so severe having been double vaccinated. And from what I understand, I'm not alone in that. There are a lot of people double vaccinated who assumed they'd have a good amount of protection against symptomatic COVID um, and actually being infected at all and what they're finding is that not only are they coming down with the virus, but they're also suffering quite badly, as I did.
0: Yeah, I mean, we've all heard stories about it now. And, um, and I was talking to my mum and she she's uh, being very cautious. She says the infection rate's very high. My mum's in her 70s. She knows uh, four people that have been double vaccinated and have got it. I mean, everyone has a story like this. My, now, this man? happened
2: to my mum the other day. She didn't actually get COVID, but she was with somebody who did get COVID, who was double vaccinated on Friday. And she called me up frantically saying... What do I do? Shall I self isolate? Do I have COVID? Um she took a test yesterday and thankfully it's negative. But um her friend's very unwell, very, very unwell.
0: Really? Oh. Mm. But Joe, the whole family came down with it, right? That's right. Um, I got it from my husband,
1: who is also double vaccinated, although he was vaccinated with AstraZeneca. So he was the first one to fall. I mean, he had been struggling on for a few days with um, symptoms of a cold and actually thought little of it until the penny dropped when he realised he'd lost his sense of smell. So (laughs) a cue of a Uh. swift PCR test, um, which confirmed it was positive. And a couple of days later, my symptoms began. So it was obvious that I had COVID too. Although I suffered far worse than he did, um, my symptoms were more severe despite having the Pfizer jab which um, is said to offer better protection against symptomatic COVID and AstraZeneca particularly when it comes to the Delta strain which is dominant at the moment in the UK. We also now know that um, both of our children who are primary school age have tested positive and that's been confirmed with PCR so all four of us um, have been going down like dominoes.
0: I suppose the the little ones they're they're not too bad. I hope.
1: No, they're not. I mean, as we know, children don't seem to suffer as badly from COVID. Although they can pick it up and they can pass it on, they're obviously not vaccinated. But their symptoms have been very very mild—a bit of tiredness, a bit of fever, and and snotty noses—but nothing that you wouldn't expect in a in, in a kid of that age.
2: Joe, can I ask what symptoms you had? Oh, all of them.
1: (laughs) Weirdly, it started off with a pain in the shoulder where I'd been double vaccinated, sort of deep muscular ache. And I didn't really think much of it. I just thought, oh, I've got a bit of a shoulder. And then I developed really intense muscle pains in my legs, which kept me awake at night. Then the shivering and the fever started and um, gradually, and and it was a bit like being on a roller coaster. the symptoms came sort of one at a time, so one day I'd have terrible symptoms of a cold, the next day I'd just have a fever going up and down, the next day I'd have a a terrible cough and a sore throat, but I went Mm. through the gauntlet of of most of them, Um, no real breathlessness or any breathing issues, so I wasn't concerned, but the the, the fatigue was was pretty intense, I would shake if I tried to get out of bed, Um, and uh, doing anything at all would just completely wipe me out, I've never been a napper, but I took
0: a lot of naps. (laughs) Was it like anything you'd had before? No, no. I
1: mean, I I don't tend to get ill very often, actually. And anything I do get, I fight off fairly quickly. It was the length of this that surprised me. And the way that the symptoms varied day to day, Uh, there was a real sort of pattern to the way they kind of came on and, and disappeared again. Um, it really, it did feel you know, really quite intense compared to other illnesses I've had. I mean, I, I know I can pinpoint the last cold I had. It was um, February 2013, and it was when I was pregnant with my daughter. And I assumed, because coronavirus is a you know, virus that causes a common cold, that I might have some degree of um, protection against it because it's just not something I tend to get. But hmm. apparently not. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, it's what everyone's asking, you know, what is going on? Why are so many people who've been fully vaccinated coming down with COVID, people getting ill? Should we be worried? Is everything going to go like it is in Israel? I think we should talk to the experts. Eve, what do you think?
2: I agree. Yeah, there's only so much that we're going to be able to understand on our own.
0: As ever, we'd like to know what you think. Are you worried about catching the virus? Do you think we should all just get on with it if we've been double jabbed, learn to live with it? Let us know on Twitter using the hashtag medicalminefield. First on the line, we have microbiologist Paul Hunter, who is professor in medicine at the University of East Anglia. Paul, today we're talking about why we're seeing so many people who've been fully vaccinated get ill with Covid. What is going on? I thought the vaccine was supposed to be the end of all this. Well
3: it's certainly a step towards the end but as as we know the vaccine isn't 100% effective and it's a lot less effective at stopping infection and we've heard in the last few days that that protection effect can actually wane even after a few months. It is a lot better At protecting against severe disease, but still not 100%. Maybe 85, 90% protection against stopping people having severe disease. And the issue is, particularly when you're looking at our most vulnerable age groups, when you've got well over 90% of people in our most vulnerable age groups having had double vaccine. 10% of still quite a large number of people, it does mean that we're going to see quite a few severe disease cases, even in people who are doubly vaccinated. But, and this is the important thing, substantially less than we would have seen otherwise if we hadn't vaccinated people.
0: I mean, we're, we've heard anecdotes of people who aren't necessarily vulnerable or not people that we would have thought of. We were just talking, and, and she's on the line now, our colleague Joe McFarlane, who is in her early 40s, fit and healthy, and both she and her husband recently got COVID. And and Joe, I don't think uh, your mind of I tell, Paul, uh, you said you felt absolutely dreadful, didn't you?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, all, I was very surprised at how strong my symptoms were I mean they were mild there's no chance of me being hospitalized but they were still incredibly unpleasant and I was bedridden
3: certainly. Absolutely and the the thing about Covid is that it's actually two diseases you know there's Mm. the um, infection that you described which is essentially an infection of the nose and throat and yes it can still be bad but it's not going to be life-threatening and it's unlikely to put you in hospital. And the vaccine is not that good against these, what we call mucosal infections. I mean, it still reduces uh, the risk of them by 50% or more, but it's still there's still a lot of people who will get these generally mild infections. But the really life-threatening infections, the ones that put you into hospital, the risk of going into hospital, if you've been vaccinated, is substantially lower, you know, maybe 10% of what it would have been otherwise. But, you know, we will still see quite a few people who have been doubly vaccinated getting the more severe form of
0: COVID. I think what everyone's looking at at the moment as well is Israel, where, uh, you know, we we were on a par with them high numbers of people fully vaccinated. And and it seems to have uh, gone south quite rapidly in Israel. Could the same thing happen here? Well, certainly. I think the big
3: difference, though, is that we've also had a lot of natural infections here. Uh, in the past. And that will also have provided us with some significant protection. And interestingly, I think one of the things that we're learning is that if you've been vaccinated and then you have a natural infection, or possibly the other way around as well, if you've had a natural infection and then you've been vaccinated, the quality of, of the immunity and the strength of the protection that that gives is actually quite a lot better than either vaccine or natural infection alone. So you know if you've had vaccine and you've had natural infection then you can pretty much be comfortable that you've actually had you've got some pretty strong protection going on now
0: i mean israel have been rolling out their booster program is mm-hmm. is that something you think that we should be doing here i know the jcvi said no all indications are that, that there's not the evidence there that we need to have a booster program and um, what do you yeah. reckon could that change i think
3: i, I mean it it's it's <laughs> the issue is we still don't know that The booster vaccine program will actually help reduce the spread of COVID, and it probably won't. But uh, there are a number of reasons why we might want to give booster vaccine. But people who didn't respond very well, who are unlikely to have responded well to the to the two dose, people who have other conditions, who are severely ill, being treated for cancer on high dose steroids, who are you know uh, tissue um, organ transplant. Undoubtedly, absolutely, categorically, they need a booster. And I, I would personally add to that people over 80 as well, who even double vaccinated people over 80 st- are still at risk from from COVID. So I would include them in that. Once you start getting down the risk hierarchy from then, the benefits become a little bit more uncertain. And, and we do believe that for most people, the two doses that we've had is pretty strong protection against severe disease. And and if we're in a situation where a lot of people were still being protected against severe disease and we are not certain that booster doses will do much more to suppress transmission, which I think is probably what the case will be, why are we then using vaccine in people that it's not going to benefit them a huge amount? And there are still very many people around the world who are... At risk of severe disease and dying who have yet to be able to access the limited mm. uh, supplies of vaccine. So, I certainly would not at this stage be pushing for a booster not campaign, mass. Yeah. A mass booster campaign, except for the sort of
0: the particularly vulnerable people that I s- said at the beginning. People are very nervous by the made nervous by these reports of double vax people getting COVID. Would your message be to them perhaps? you don't need to worry about catching covid anymore that that actually if you get it it probably won't be that bad it might enhance your immunity you shouldn't be actively trying to avoid it you know most people have not much to fear from covid anymore
3: I think it's certainly true that most people, if they got the infection now, if they've been doubly vaccinated, are unlikely to get severe disease, but it's still still there. And so we still have quite a few people, even in the older age groups, who have yet to be vaccinated or couldn't be vaccinated. So it's a very difficult balance to draw. At some point, fairly soon, we're going to have to live with this virus because it's not going anywhere, it'll be here in a 100 years time. The last big pandemic from coronavirus was about 130 years ago, it was the Russian flu in about 1890, and that caused substantial deaths, uh, numbers of deaths around the world for about three years. But now that virus is still with us, but it's just one of the causes of the common cold. And it's not that the virus is different, it's that we have built up immunity to the virus to severe disease from repeated exposure throughout childhood but we still get the infection we still get on average that infection about every three to six years which is Mm. you know it's still a lot of infections but the vast majority of them are asymptomatic they and when they do cause illness it's it's essentially just the common cold
0: well, that moment couldn't come uh, sooner, in my opinion. Um, th- thanks so much, uh, uh, Professor Hunter, for finding some time to talk to us. My pleasure.
1: Hi. Sorry to interrupt your listening, but there's another great podcast from The Mail on Sunday you might want to try. Liz Jones's Diary, The Podcast, offering a weekly look into the life of Britain's most unfiltered columnist, That's Me. Find us at mailplus.co.uk.
0: Well, there you have it. It's not over yet, but perhaps less scary.
2: Yeah, give us another 100 years <laughs> and we won't even be thinking about it.
0: I think what I'd be really interested to know is, is what's going on in, in the immune system of people who are vaccinated Is there a time limit? Are we all on the clock? Yeah, Uh, do they have a more
2: sensitive immune system or are they less is their immune system less capable of helping fight viruses?
0: Yeah, and what does it what does it all mean? Hmm. Is there a T cell involvement? People always talk about those.
2: Well, I will find out. (laughs) (laughs) On the line now is Danny Altman, Professor of Immunology at Imperial College London. Professor Altman, thanks so much for finding some time today to chat to us. Why do you think so many double-jabbed people are getting very ill. Is there something wrong with their immune system?
4: No, I don't think so, really. I, I think, you know, as people are so well aware now, the whole of the COVID-19 story has been about learning in real time as we go as the virus throws new things at us. And if I had to depict where we are now, I'd say we have these amazing vaccines where most of us have really good immunity and yet none of us foresaw what Delta variant would throw at us that it really does punch holes in that immunity, even sometimes in, you know, fit and healthy people who've made quite a good immune response to the vaccine.
2: So these people, for instance, Jo, who's on the line now, was double vaccinated and got very, very, very sick with COVID. Would you say there's something going on in her immune system compared to someone who was doubly vaccinated and didn't get symptoms? Is there something wrong with her immune system? Is it weaker or more sensitive?
4: Yeah, so the way I, d- I depict it is, is this, it's that, um, you know, if you look at the hard data and probably the best data set we have is is that big data set from the, whatever it is, 34,000 vaccinated people you know, at one healthcare um, insurer in Israel. Sure, there's some correlation of Delta variant breakthrough cases with being um, further out near vaccine doses older and having a lower antibody response so so yes you'd say maybe there's some kind of correlation between being a breakthrough case and having made a lower antibody response but we've looked at lots of examples of people who've had quite severe breakthrough covid after vaccination they were people who had rip-roaring levels of, of antibody and had made a great immune response to the vaccine so you know in some ways all bets are off.
2: So what's going on there then?
4: I, I think what's going on is that um The rules are the rules and, um, you know, more immunity is better than less immunity and vaccinated is way better than not vaccinated. Otherwise, we'd have, um, you know, we'd be back at the 1,800, 2,000 deaths per day level. So um, we are winning. But um, what can I say that, you know, Delta variant um, really stress tests everything we put in place, including our very good vaccines. And sometimes, somehow, even a person with quite good antibody levels can get caught out by a high viral load.
2: But why is it that these people might be getting very, very severe symptoms, but not so much that it tips them into needing to go to hospital? What is it that breaks that pattern?
4: Yeah, I, th- I think even that's really confounding and confusing, isn't it? Because again, you know, I can't I can't emphasize this sufficiently, you know, without sounding like a complete idiot. But um, you know, this really is building the airplane as we fly because we're learning all the stuff in real time. Because you, you remember that a few months ago. We had people like Patrick Valance standing up at the um, Downing Street briefing and saying that because we had such good vaccines, we'd broken the link between infection and hospitalisation, and that's still up to a point true, isn't it? Because although our hospitals feel very overrun and our intensive care units are starting to feel overrun, the relationship to number of cases, um, you know, is, is much more favourable than it was in the in the in the first and second wave. So. We we, we definitely are winning. And yet it's confusing and confounding because we know that there are people out there who've been exposed to Delta, been vaccinated and actually are carrying around an enormously high level of, of virus in their lungs. And you kind of think, well, you know, sure, they're protected up to a point because they're not in hospital, but they're not as protected as we thought they'd be.
2: And we don't know what's going on with the immune system in those people. Um, well, we know that the same rules
4: of, of immunity apply. We, we we know that if you think about all the variants that we've heard about so far, you can call them Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta, or you can call them, um, you know, by their old-fashioned names, the Delta is probably the most distinctive and diverse of all of them we've looked at so far. It has very different mm-hmm. mutations to the others. Um, it is better at evading immunity it is better at, at infecting and achieving high viral loads it's, it's just different it's just a another surprise thrown up by the virus
0: joe was uh, saying something very interesting the other day i don't want to take the words out of your mouth joe but whether or not if she'd got the virus before she'd been vaccinated she would have got really ill is is, is that the right question joe what, what what's your mm. you say it, you say it better than i i would
1: Yes, well, I mean, obviously being double vaccinated with Pfizer and coming down with some, I mean, mild symptoms, but enough to to make me bedridden. It did make me wonder, despite being a a healthy and fit, you know, early 40 something woman, might I have got far more severely ill? Are are my severe symptoms indicative of potentially um, a, a tendency to be even more ill if I'd not been vaccinated?
4: Yeah, I think that's a really good way of looking at it, and really kind of um, you know educational way of looking at it to explain it to others, isn't it? Because obviously, as, you know, as scientists, we're always taught to look at um, you know hundreds of cases or thousands of cases and not be swayed by studies of one person. But you, you know, <laughs> but, you know, your case does sound really indicative, doesn't it? And I think it's mm-hmm. almost certain that if um, you've been laid this low having presumably had, um, you know, enormously high levels of antibodies from the vaccine. Just imagine what you'd be like if you'd had no vaccination. I'd, you know, I'd probably bet my house on the fact that you would have been rather unwell in hospital.
1: Gosh, that's that's a rather terrifying prospect, actually. Mm.
0: And my last question would be, how worried should my mum be? She's a healthy 74-year-old who's really looked after herself. And has stayed away from the virus throughout the pandemic, double vaccinated in January with everyone in her age group. How worried should she be right now because she's feeling a bit nervous, many of her friends have got the virus despite being vaccinated, and she says she really doesn't want to get it
4: yeah i no, I think I think she's right, I think you know I think you know we've we've all just when we thought we were safe, we've all got jumpier because of delta and so we should be. And all I can say to her or to people like her is, so, you know, I've been an advocate on, on two points. One is that we need better and better and wider and wider scale immune monitoring and who's safe and which age groups are safe. And that when we talk about boosters, we need, if you like, targeted boosters to the people who really need it. And we're almost certain that the people who need it are, you know, the obviously, um, if you like, immune vulnerable because they're a little bit older or because they've got cancer, or because they're taking immunosuppressive drugs. So we really need boosters targeted to those groups ASAP.
2: Danny, would perhaps the reason why somebody who is doubly vaccinated but got very, very ill with COVID be because they got a high viral load? Does the circumstances in which they caught the infection affect how ill they'd become? Does that still apply?
4: I I get, you know, it's one of those kind of uncharted areas, isn't it? So one of the slight shockers out of that study from... um, Oxford released last week was the idea that you could be vaccinated and in inverted commas kind of semi-protected and yet still have enormously high levels of virus ready to pass on to to everybody you meet so so what that means is that at a time when Delta is our main variant doing the rounds we should expect to encounter you know some really high levels of virus being passed on at um, you know at you know pop festivals and football stadiums and and restaurants and what, what have you there's a, there's a lot of virus around
2: and even if you're doubly vaccinated the, the rules still apply that if you get a, a great big viral load you're, you're likely to get
4: ill yeah well you know more, more more virus has more chance of overcoming those neutralizing antibodies yes
2: mm, interesting well professor altman thank you so much for spending the time talking to us today
4: great pleasure
0: so there we have it. Pop festivals are high risk. Joe, I think you should come clean about how you picked up COVID. Ha <laughs> ha, busted.
1: <laughs> uh, well, me and the family did go to Camp Festival, which is a sort of family-focused music festival down on the Dorset coast um, for a while. I mean, that's one is, of is the it possibilities. It indoors? No, it's completely outdoors. It's a camping festival, oh. you know, a bit like Glastonbury, but, um, you know, with, uh, you know, to see characters wandering around.
0: That's another thing about this Delta. You know, I keep hearing about people getting it outdoors.
2: This happened to my mum's friend. She, yeah. she. My mum said, "Well, we were outdoors the whole time, and she got it at this event." She
0: Maybe that fresh air isn't so. It's
2: so fresh. Right. certainly not yes. where the toilets are concerned.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, if you will go to festivals, I tell you.
1: <laughs> That's true. I could easily have just got it in the pub and Dorset sit either. So, you know.
0: I mean, th- this this virus never fails to surprise. Although I am getting slightly weary,
2: <laughs> are you? Yeah, i just fed up of the chat. We're just no, not the chat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I love talking about uh, okay. it, but I just feel like it's going on and on. But you know, I mean, if if as Paul Hunter says, that it's going to just sort of fade into the menagerie of bugs and viruses and all sorts that we. Have swirling around us at all times.
2: I, I mean, I was thinking about this this morning. If you thought about pre COVID on any given week, you'd probably hear a colleague or a friend say, Oh, God, I was really ill over the, the last week. I had this terrible bug and I couldn't get out of bed. Oh, and, yeah. and that's, and I, you know, I hate, to, I know this is the kind of hot take that everyone is talking about, but but I do think that this current moment, for most people, that's what it's going to be. And maybe we shouldn't be worrying about the fact that it could land you in hospital if you are that that person like Joe, because the chances are it just won't.
0: Yeah, in many ways, I, I feel like Joe's story is, is reassuring because, you know, although it was horrible, she got better.
1: Mm. And, and from and what Danny's uh, saying, it could be a good thing to be vaccinated and have immunity from natural infection. And that yeah. double whammy sounds like it could end up being, you know, the key to protecting all of us.
2: So now you have super antibodies. There you go. Yep. Superpowers well, against I'd, COVID.
0: I'd say my, my mum's friends who all got COVID, they're in their 70s and they, none of them ended up in hospital. Nasty flu, it sounded like. Mm. And, uh, you know, enough, enough to kind of not want to get it, but mm. that was an certainly age group that was at high risk. So
1: Certainly demonstrates the awesome power of the vaccine. I'm certainly grateful.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. You'll find all the latest health news in this weekend's The Mail on Sunday and visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcasts, videos, opinion pieces and more. You can follow us on Twitter by searching at MailPlus.
2: We'll be back with another topic on Medical Minefield next week. See you then.
0: Goodbye.